Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. So I'm just going to open up in prayer because it will kind of calm my nerves a little bit. Is that okay? So I'm just going to pray. So Jesus, ooh, God, we just invite you to, in this place that you are already here. We already feel your presence. That Jesus, it, it's not just about the worship. It's just about you. It's not about the word. It's just about you, Jesus. We just invite your Holy Spirit to come even more than it was before. That Jesus, whatever you have for us today, that you would come and show yourself good to us. That Jesus, you would come and show yourself that you are true and you are faithful and you are who you say you are. That it doesn't matter what we go through, God, that you are just so good. Just make that clear, make that evident today. And Jesus, whatever it looks like, we say yes. We say yes, God. Amen. So, crazy thing is, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, I actually reached out to, um, I reached out to John, and I'm just like, hey, this is crazy. I don't ask these things, but the next route to takeover, would it be possible for me to speak? And he's like, well, we'll see what we can do. So a few weeks ago, he brings it back up again. I was hoping he had forgotten about it, but he didn't. He doesn't forget anything. He brought it back up. He's like, there's something you have to say, don't you? I'm like, yes. Um, And there was a lot of things that I had been feeling on my heart, especially the last six months. And so God has just really, really just working in my heart in just so many different ways. But one of the biggest ways has been um, truly trusting him in the moments that are hard, the moments that you really can't see him moving, the, the moments that life has really given you all these unexpected things. How do you go from there? Where do you go from there? And so I want to start off with a story. And this story is one of my favorites. It's actually a story of a friend of mine who honestly... This story, he had the ability to smile and light up a room. He had the ability to truly change the atmosphere with his giftings. He had the the ability to trust God with everything, no matter what it looked like, no matter what his life looked like. His family, he loved his family so well. He loved his brothers so well. He taught not just rooted a lot of things, but even the people here in the church a lot. What it was like to believe for something truly extraordinary, something truly impossible. And many of you guys know who I'm talking about, and that was my friend Jose. And Jose had a special thing about him. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about, Jose um, had cancer. He passed away six months ago. And truly, even today, as we do Rooted Takeover, I know that a lot of us have thought about just him at least once. Because what has happened has truly affected us, has changed us. And sometimes it's been for the bad, and sometimes it's been for the good. But I know that what God has intended, he's intended it to be good. And so the, the story, the main focus of that story is what happens when we think that God has failed us? What happens when we think that the promises have been broken? What happens when we think that God isn't faithful? What happens when we think that he is not who he says he is? What then? After Jose's passing, we didn't really feel like we had a lot of answers to those questions. We felt like we had more questions than answers. And so that has been one of the, the, the key things that I've been just dwelling on. Okay, God, but are you still good? Because I can't see how you can still be good. If we were believing for something extraordinary, believing for something impossible to happen, then why didn't you, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do the miracle? What then? What is, what is our hearts feeling in that moment? What are the fa- what's the family feeling in that moment? 
And we're focused on now we're believing that God has failed us. And maybe it's not in the situation that we've felt, that I've felt, or the family have felt, but maybe it's a certain circumstance or, or situation in your own life. Maybe it was when you were a kid, you, had, you got molested. And you were asking God, where were you then? What happens when you lose that job that provided everything you needed for your family? What happens then? What happens when that husband or that wife does something to you, maybe cheats on you? Where were you then, God? I thought this was the one for me. What happens when those key moments in our lives, what happens then? Where were you, God? I thought you were good. And then those questions start coming. And sometimes we don't intentionally choose to question who God is, but we just have that thought of, God, are you still good? Where were you when I was messed up and broken? Where were you when all I knew was sin and I thought that I could get over this, that I was strong enough? What happens then? God, are you still good? And so these, these questions that we feel, that we, that we have, and that is just the crazy thing because we have all had the question at least once in our lives. And if you haven't, thank God right now, but it will come a time and a place in your lives at one point that you're going to have to trust God even when you can't see it. You have to trust God when it doesn't make sense, when everything in the world is telling you that he isn't faithful, that he isn't good. Are you still going to choose to trust that he's good, choose to see that he's good even if you can't see it? And so I just want to use this presentation. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but I am a visual learner. I love to see things. It makes me understand a lot better. And so the Lord uses a lot of pictures in my mind. And um, John and I actually came up with this presentation. Um, but the crazy thing about this is that this plate, it's just a regular plate. I bought it at the dollar store. Um, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, this plate represents our lives. So it's a completely whole plate, right? There's nothing wrong with it. There's not a chip, nothing. It's perfect. And now, what are some things that in our lives that are important to us? And I want you guys to call some things out. Just respond. Maybe our, our marriage is something that is important to us, right? So I'm going to write it down. We heard kids. We have family. Marriage. Jobs. What else? Finances. Jobs. Health. Even Jesus himself, yes. But what are some things that rest upon our lives that are important to us? Anything else? So we have kids, family, marriage, job, finances, and health. And these things are things that make up our lives, things that are important to us, right? Our marriage is important to us. I'm not married myself, but for those who are married, family, family is a big deal for me, and I know for a lot of people, that's something that's very, very important to us. Our finances, our jobs, we rest in knowing that that's the way that we can provide for our families, for our children. Our children are one of the biggest things as well, too. Those are the people, the, the little humans that we love. And I don't have kids myself, but I know from my parents, I know it, it could be hard sometimes to even love those little, little guys. Um, even myself, like, it's hard to love me too. <laughs> um, but with the kids, it, there's nothing you wouldn't do. There's no job more important than those kids, right? Those are things that are important to us, our health, the moment something comes in and the doctor tells you you have a, a certain disease or you have cancer or your heart's failing, suddenly it's, where's God in that moment? It's suddenly, God, are you still good? God, I need you now, but we failed to recognize him in before. Suddenly we're getting bad news and we're failing to even acknowledge him beforehand, but suddenly when 
health is not there, our health is declining, suddenly we're asking God where he is and that we need him the most. So what happens in our lives when the unexpected happens? When those moments in our lives, or maybe it's moments that we've held since we were kids, what happens when those moments or that moment comes and it completely breaks our lives. It breaks everything that we have held dear. We're broken. That one moment is the one moment that everything in our lives has now become broken. Our lives, our families, our kids, our marriages, nothing can be rested on that plate now because now the plate is completely shattered. Now what happens when we're down, we have the enemy come. And while we're still broken on the ground, he comes and breaks us some more. And he keeps pounding us. He keeps pounding us. And in that moment that we're sitting here shattered on the floor, we're looking and we're crying out to God, God, where are you? Because now my life is in pieces and I don't even know where to go from here. And while the, I was still down, the enemy came and continued to pound and break every last bit until nothing but pieces were remaining. And so I'm going to have Amanda come up here. I just love Amanda. She's amazing. She had to trust me. So I want you to take this. And now I want you to pick up all the pieces. <laughs> don't, don't look at her. She's just, she's just my helper here. So she's just picking up all the pieces. And this is the perfect representation of who we are. Of this is what we do. We take the time to pick up the pieces after we've been broken. And she's picking up every piece, every part of her life that has been broken. Her family, her marriage, her kids her finances, every piece. And now she's in the position where now she's having to do it herself. She's having to pick up those broken pieces. And so when she finishes, she's going to stand back up here. And as she continues, Go ahead. You could take a seat if you want. You could stand up, whichever one. <laughs> so now I want you to put the pieces back together. Put the plate back together as best as you can. <laughs> like just give 110%. So while she's putting those pieces back together, again, this is another representation of what we do. We try to take the time to put back together what's been broken. We take time to carefully craft each piece and make it somewhat look like what, what our lives looked before. And so as she's trying to put these pieces back together as best as she can, you can see the pieces that health had been broken, that kids and marriage had been shattered in pieces. You can see the, rem the, the remains of what was broken but it would never be the same as it was before. And sometimes it's not even us trying to put our pieces back together, but maybe it's that boyfriend or that girlfriend that we think that could fix what's been broken inside of us. Or maybe it's that spouse that we think that they could fix us when they were never created to fix us. We were never created to fix our own selves. Because the thing is, is that broken people will break people, and hurt people are only going to continue to hurt you. You can't rely on another human being to fix what's been broken. 
You can't rely on your, even ourselves as humans. We can't be the ones to take on the burden of trying to fix what's been broken in our lives because we were never created to do that. We were never created to take our pieces and put it back together. So <laughs> she said it's never going to happen. But that, again, this is a key moment. And what I'm trying to use as a presentation, we get to the point where we're just like, it's not even worth it anymore. It's not worth putting our lives back together. Are we either really worthy? Can God see that we're still worthy even in our brokenness? Or can we just go out and buy another plate? Because honestly, I could just go out and buy the same plate again. But it wouldn't mean anything. The value is gone, isn't it? If I just go out and buy another plate, then it just takes away from the value that this plate has, doesn't it? And so, again, we're faced with the same reality is that it's never going to happen. She gave 110% to put it back together. And I know she's really trying. But that's, that's the beauty, and again, in our brokenness, is that our 110% is just somewhat put back together. And this is not to showcase our weakness. It's actually to showcase that God makes us strong in our weakness. I'm not, I didn't bring Amanda up here to showcase that she's weak, that she can't put it back together. I'm just showing you that it is impossible for us to put what's been broken back together. And so I want you to take this piece. And now I have these marbles. They're just regular marbles from the dollar store as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these marbles represent, can you take some of those out? So these marbles, just regular marbles, represent God's promises over our lives and on our lives. Now these marbles, take that piece that you have, you can just put them down. I want you to take these four. I want you to balance it on that broken piece. Go ahead, balance it. All four. <laughs> All four. Balance every four marbles. It's kind of impossible to do, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That is what we're doing. We're taking one broken piece, and we're trying to still balance God's promises over our lives. Wow. We're taking this one little piece, trying to balance God's promises over our lives, yet it is impossible to do. We were not created to balance God's promises on our broken pieces. And that is the crazy thing about this, because there's probably at least 10 or 11 promises sitting on that tray right now. If she were to try to take this whole plate, it's impossible. Because at one point, the plate was whole. It could hold the weight of God's promises. But now that it's been broken, it cannot hold the weight. It cannot hold the marbles, which signify God's promises. So how are we going to hold and cling to God's promises on a broken life? We're just trying to juggle it on one piece. And that's what we were never created to do. And so, now, what if I said that there's one key thing that everyone in this room failed to see? Actually, three. One, the rock signified Jesus. It was broken. The plate was broken, but the rock never changed. The rock, not even a color, not even the color of the plate actually made any marking on the rock. The rock stayed the same. Jesus stays the same. And yes, that broken plate, the impact on the rock actually broke it. But what if I said that that's where Jesus wants us? What if Jesus said he wants us in that broken state? Because now we have no, nothing else to do but to trust and cling and lean upon him. 
What if he's really taking that brokenness, not to showcase our weakness, but he's taking it to see this is what you were created to be, not broken and not to showcase that you're weak, but to showcase that I'm strong when you are broken, to showcase that I am still good. Because the second thing that we all fail to see, the one thing we fail to see is that Jesus was holding us the entire time, that every piece that was broken off of the plate the sheep picked up and she placed on the tray was being held by his spirit. And the very promises that she tried to juggle on those broken pieces are also being held. And there are so many different things that we sometimes fail to see because we can't see it. Obviously, this tray, a lot of you guys thought, it was, well, it's just to hold the pieces, but we don't really think about that could be God. That is him holding us, holding our brokenness, our pieces, the promises that we fail to even carry ourselves. Let me put that. The very promises that we try to carry on those broken pieces have been held this whole time. And so I want to be able to back this up with scripture. And it says... In Matthew eleven twenty eight, that says, Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I love the Passion Translation and how they interpret this. It says, then come to me and I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. He is our safe place. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you will discover that I am gentle, humble, and easy to please. God is not hard to please. I mean, if he's wanting us in this broken state, it means that it does not take much for him. It's like, this is what I want. This is what I desire. Because now you have to lean upon me and trust me to carry you. And it says, you will find your refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. And so, the marble is the third thing that we fail to see. Now, the marble, I don't know if you guys have ever taking the time, or maybe you've seen something, a video, of how these are created. Not any marble is the same. I have a whole bag, and they all completely look the same. These represent God's promises. God's promises don't look the same for over our lives. And it's round. It has a beginning, but it never had an end. It's eternal. It's everlasting. When, God, when we leave this earth, God's promises still remain. It's carried into eternity with us. But the crazy thing about these promises is that we were never created to carry the burden or the weight of the promise. We were never created. God is a shepherd. We are his sheep. Sheep are not weight-bearing animals. A little nugget from John that he shared with me, he's like, sheep are not weight-bearing animals. We are the sheep. God is the shepherd. He carries the weight for us. He carries the burdens. He carries the promises that he's given us. And as crazy as that seems, we, we don't want, as humans, we want to do things ourselves. We want to be able to carry things ourselves. But the crazy thing is that, again, we were never created to carry not even a marble. I mean, these things are pretty light. You can carry this no problem. But we weren't even created to even carry this. So can you imagine trying to carry the weight of what your situation looks like? You weren't created to do that. What about the weight of what happened to you when you were a kid? You weren't created to carry the weight of that. What about your marriage and pieces? You weren't created to carry the weight of that. 
And here in this church, we bring that heaviness, but we also leave with it. We don't come here and let it go and be like, okay, God, I trust you. I'm, I'm going to trust you even to carry the marble that you say I don't even have to carry. But I'm still going to leave with the same heaviness I came in with. I'm still going to choose to believe that, keep thinking that you're not good. When you can come here and everyone says, yeah, he's good, but you don't, if you don't choose to believe that for yourself, then it's never going to change. We come in the church and we leave with the same stuff that we're holding on to, the same things in our past that we should be letting go of, that we've come up to the altar so many times. We're trying to limit our freedom to the church when it's something we should be living in every day. We say that God isn't good and that he's not moving, but if you look at the trees outside and they blow with the wind, they sway back and forth, that means he's moving. The heartbeat that you have in you right now you, means that he's still moving. You're still here. That breath in your lungs means that he's still moving. You're still breathing. The fact that you can get up every single morning means that he's not done yet. It means that there's more to your life than what your circumstance is, more than your situation. We all have a choice that we have to make. Are we going to stay here and choose to still see that, to still think that God is not good when all the evidence says that he is? Or are we going to choose to still believe what the, what the world is saying, that God isn't real, God isn't true, he doesn't care when he does? I mean, the scriptures literally say and sing of his faithfulness, of his goodness. And so, we have to choose to seek God even when we cannot see him. And Hebrews 11 says that now faith brings our hopes into reality. The things that we hope for, we're hoping that God is good. But that faith brings it. It's the evidence. It brings it into reality. It becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. The trees blowing, that heartbeat, that breath in your lungs, those are all the evidence. Things that we don't really think about. But, but, even, but even in the things that we can't see, faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. When we were believing for Jose's healing, we gave it all. We believed. We fasted. We prayed. We wanted God to do something extraordinary. It didn't mean that the miracle didn't happen. The miracle happened just a lot differently than we expected. But it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. He was still healed. It just didn't happen here on earth like we expected it to, like we wanted it to. God had other plans. But it's still trusting and believing that his goodness, his, his way that he does things is still greater than what we can understand right now. We have to trust and believe that he's still good. We still have to trust and believe that his promises are still true. And there are so many things in our lives that we're still holding on to. Man, I just want nothing more than to see just free people again. Free people in the church again. People that are not carrying the burdens because they know that God is carrying it all for them. That even though they're still messed up and broken, God is still carrying them. God is still loving them and showing them mercy and tenderness and kindness. And so... I want to read one last scripture. So it's going to be First Peter five six. Before that, faith is more. It truly requires and demands more of us when we cannot see what God is doing or how he's moving in our lives. It's so much more. 
And God never promised a life without pain, without all these trials and tribulations. He said, actually, count it as joy. Count it as joy to go through these things, knowing that God is going to bring you and what he's going to take and make out of you is so much more greater. God is not telling you to forget what you've lost or the things you've gone through. He's not trying to give us something better. Because sometimes we don't want better. Losing Jose was hard for all of us. But we don't want better. We want, God is going to give us something greater. And we're not forgetting that we've lost him. Because we haven't. But now God is doing something even greater in us. That each and every one of us can actually stand and say, God is doing something greater in us. Because what, he's, what has happened, he's taking and he's making new. And so, 1 Peter 5, 6. This is actually going to be in translate, uh, Passionate Translation. Because I love the way that this is translated. Just makes it more simpler to understand. So it says, and if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. It doesn't say he tenderly cares for us. He always tenderly cares for us. Emphasis on the always. God hasn't stopped caring for us. Even in our situation, he always cares for us. Be well and balanced, always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around you like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. The presentation, the hammer, while we were still down and broken, crushed the plate even more. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Resist those thoughts that come in your head that say you're not worthy, that say that God doesn't care about me. Why would he care about me? It says to resist every attack with strong, vigorous faith. It's not with strength. It's not with anything else but faith. For you know now that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. Newsflash, people next to you, they're also broken. They're also going through their own things too. Doesn't make anyone higher than the other, but it just makes you realize that there's people that understand what it feels like. Maybe not to the extent of what, they haven't lost someone in their lives or they haven't been molested as a child or they didn't feel the rejection, but they felt something in their lives that also put them past that breaking point that they've had to also trust God too. And maybe they're a little bit more farther down the line, but that means they're next to you so they can help you as well. And so and then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Just wow. This is the God we serve. It doesn't matter how far gone you are. It doesn't matter how broken you are. But this is truly the God you serve. The God we serve. The God who loves us. That after our brief suffering, because one day he'll wipe every tear from our eyes, this moment in time is brief. To what is what we're going to be living in in eternity? There's going to be no time. 
he will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than before. And he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has the power needed to do this forever. I'm invisible. I'm the last choice, the last picked, end of the line, back of the door. Nobody sees me. Nobody picks me. Nobody chooses me. I'm invisible. I bet you if I walked out into the street right now and got hit by a car, nobody, nobody would come to the hospital and see me. Nobody would even know about it. Nobody picks me. What if I give myself away for free? If I give myself to something, then, then maybe somebody will see me. If I'm free, surely someone will want me. I'll give myself, I'll give myself over to, to, I'll pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Maybe if I change myself and I pretend to be somebody else, then, then you'll see me because I'm not good enough. So maybe if I pretend to be somebody that I'm not, then someone will pick me not working what if I if I give myself over to to uh, to other girls that'll work they'll choose me none of the none of the boys are choosing me so maybe the girls will they picked me they saw me they just saw my body they still didn't pick me that didn't work I'll give myself I've been holding on I've been holding on to this purity for 20 plus years, God, and still nobody sees me. Nobody sees me. I'll give it away for free. I'll get myself drunk and I'll give myself over to a man after 20 years of holding on to my purity. I'll just give it away. Then at least somebody, somebody picked me, right? But I'm still invisible. They still didn't pick me. They walked away and they left me for nothing. So here I am still invisible, still the last choice, still hiding in the back of the room crying, somebody please, somebody pick me, please, somebody just pick me, see me. All I know is God. All I know is you have to love him. All I know is he's real. All I know is that's all I know. All these all these messages that I've been told, all these people that are telling me, oh, there's this one true God, you know, he he restores all. I don't see it. This image of me, I've been told I'm supposed to be an image of God, but it's not that. My whole family, they all have that I don't. I'm a disappointment. All I know is mistakes. All I know is burdens. It's all I know. Year after year, growing up in church, yet you're still not there. I don't even know who you are. I've been through it all. I gave up. I had to put on a mask. Because the, 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 I'm already at this appointment and to put on that mask just so my family won't be hurt to see another disappointment. I'm embarrassed. Family issues, hatred just kept rolling through. 
So then mistakes came in. I messed up. And I paid the price. I fell into sexual sin. And I lost something that that could have been a blessing. How can my family even love me anymore? How can you be this guy that restores the all? But I'm all messed up. I just want to give up. I just want to give up. All my life, I believed you were real. The time that I was a child, I knew a part of me always loved you. But I thought it would always stay so clear. But as I got older, I knew that wasn't the case. I fell into some things. that I wish I would have never seen. And not even just with my physical eyes, but God, even with my mind. I just wish that wasn't the case. Because even though I have this purity, my mind was in a state that wasn't so beautiful. And I thought I would have to be strong enough. And I thought I would be strong enough. But really, I just felt defeated. I just felt broken. And a few years passed by and everything's good. But then again, I found myself slipping back into those same old things. How can you be made strong? How can I be made strong in my weakness? When all I can see is all these broken pieces, how can I give something so beautiful yet so broken? And I find myself in a good place. But now I, I found myself tested in a new way. to trust you. I had to trust you. And you broke my trust. How can you do this to me? Why would you give me this only to take it away? I trusted you. I trusted you with my love. I trusted you with my life. I told you that I would be broken if this happened. Why would you leave me broken here? I gave you everything. I got back on track. I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do. I loved my family. I loved you. I loved the people that were around me. I became a light. Why would you take this from me? Why would you break me? I trusted you.
John 15, 16. God said, you, you didn't pick me. I chose you. And I told you to bear fruit. And the Father would give you anything you ask. He picked me. When nobody else saw me, he saw me and he picked me. And he looked at me and said, you, I want you. I want your heart. I want your purity. I want your brokenness. I want your weakness. I want your shame. I want your, in, um, your insufficiency. I want that part of you that you feel like is completely unworthy of love. I want that piece of you that you gave away. I want your virginity. I want your bad decisions. I want your brokenness. I want everything, every part of you, every part of you, all that insecurity. I want all of it. I'll take all of it. He picked me. And not only did he pick me, he picked me up. He picked up all of those pieces and he mended them back together and created a beautiful stained glass masterpiece out of my life. That even though I was weak and I was broken, he saw me and he chose me out of a crowd of thousands. He picked me and he made me into something beautiful. And there's no one and no thing on the earth that will ever do for me what he did because he he picked me. I'm on the verge of losing it all. You decided to reach out to me one last time. God stuck his hand out and said, I'm still here. He finally answered me. I could finally hear him. So I take his hand. only thing God can tell me is pick up a shovel. Dig a grave. And throw what once, what, what once was in there. God made me new. God as I came out of the water God said, said these, this one word to me. Reborn. And so to this day, I will always remember that it's no longer what what was what once was, but what, what is and what will be. I'm no longer ashamed. I no longer have to hold that that burden, that fear, that discourage of what I did. Because that's not who I am anymore. There's a reason why he told me to dig, dig up a grave. Because what, what, once you put something in a grave, it stays there. It does not come back. So here I am. This is who I am. a few months later and it's here in this brokenness that I finally saw that God had never left and I had to make the choice to see him even when I couldn't and it still doesn't make sense. But that's okay. Because now I know that his plans are much greater than mine. 
I know now that what he had in store wasn't meant for harm. Because now I have this heart that is fully recreated to be something greater than it was before. And now this heart that was broken has the capacity to love in a greater way. That the capacity that I have for others to see past someone just see them the way that God sees them to see my own life as something so much more greater that the lies and the negativity that I have in my mind that can no longer be trapped in here but now he's redeemed he's restored he's making all things new and now He's taking my brokenness. He's making a masterpiece out of all the broken pieces. And a piece of me will always be in heaven. But it's not a missing piece. God has come in and filled that void, that missing piece. And now those past things don't weigh down on me anymore. Because now all the promises he's given me, they're still in his works. He's still moving and I can't see it. It is not a reminder of even what I have lost in my life. But it's the reminder that his promises are still true. And that he's, he says that I am chosen and I am set free. And I am not broken and I am not weak. Because now when people see me, they don't see me. They just see him. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.